0: Hello, and welcome to New Jersey is the World.
1: Hi everybody, Chris Gethard here, and welcome to another episode of New Jersey is the World. Before we start today, I want to thank everybody who leaves voicemails, responding to the show, giving us tips on things to cover. and uh, it's, it's so kind, so cool. It's one of my favorite aspects of this that we're trying to include everybody. And, you know, sometimes we get really thoughtful voicemails about the culture of New Jersey, the history of New Jersey. Uh, everybody knows um, Kelly likes to call in and let us know about different state parks she's been to in Jersey. And then when Don puts out food episodes, he gets voicemails like this.
2: Yo, it's Jersey Shore Glen from Herbertsville, out here living in L.A. Uh, Don Finale, what the fuck's you talking about, my friends? Rice pudding gets... Raisins, nutmeg, and cinnamon. End of story. I don't give a shit. That's, that's it. As a fellow Jerseyite in Los Angeles, raisins, nutmeg, cinnamon, rice pudding, perfect. Done. All right, guys. <laughs> Love you all, but have fun. That's that's the proper way to do a rice pudding, period.
1: Thanks, Jersey Shore, Glenn. I'm glad rice pudding is something you're so passionate about. And thanks to Don Finelli for doing the section of the project that incites the most rage. Okay, what else? I have to thank everybody who is on our Patreon. I hope you guys have all been enjoying the output. We just put out South Jersey is Also the World, covering uh, uh, topics such as Kai the Hitchhiker and the Chicken Man bombing. We've got a deep dive on Nork that was recently posted. I do my my monthly uh, live streams where we get into all the stuff we haven't covered on the show, all sorts of stuff over there. The episodes of Guards Take Out Hoots. For everybody who's been supporting us on the Patreon at patreon.com slash world. you're the best. Thank you so sincerely. And thanks to everybody who's been coming out to the Asbury Park shows. Next one, March 2nd, Electroshock Karaoke. We're going to be singing some New Jersey classics. And if the lyrics get messed up, I bought a weird, human-sized dog collar from a sex toy shop online. Questionable. See who steals my identity off of that one. But I will get electrocuted on stage if I do not know the lyrics to the Jersey songs I should know. Some classics. So we'll see how that goes. Get your tickets at houseofindependence.com. Thanks to House of Independence for having us. And everybody, seriously, come out. Also, the Jersey Devil's going to audition to be a part of the Front Bottoms set. that one. Uh, this is true. Matt and Brian are going to stop by a Jersey Devil, who appeared at the last House of Independence show. It was so funny. Played by the great Nick Fierro. Emo Jersey Devil. He's going to play some bass. Audition to be a part of the front bottoms. House of Independence, March 2nd. Be there. Don't miss it. Okay, this week's episode, you may notice it's dropping on Valentine's Day. Now, I am of the opinion that our much maligned state is actually quite romantic. So, if you're out there, you forgot it was Valentine's Day, maybe. Or your plans fell through. You need something to happen in your life to uh, to help you sort out a Valentine's Day mess. We got you. We're listing all the most romantic things you can be doing in Jersey, the places you can go, the activities that are out there for you. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Welcome to Woe Town, everybody, a division of New Jersey is the World. This is a show where three friends who grew up together in West Nard, New Jersey, and then spent some uh, nights that we shall never speak of in New Brunswick, New Jersey, get together, <laughs> hang out. Reminisce, act like idiots, and while doing it, touch upon the culture, the joy. The lunacy that is the great state of New Jersey. Mike D, how you doing tonight?
0: Ready to come on,
1: get happy. I'm in a partridge family mood. And of course the people's champion, the most popular <laughs> podcaster at Mutiny Barbecue in Asbury Park. Shout out oh, to our friends. I, I met the guy who runs Mutiny Barbecue, he said he's a big Bonaduce fan. Nick, are you gonna use this to segue yourself into
3: some free banana pudding? Uh no, I'm not a banana pudding guy, but I a little free coleslaw on the side. I will go in for a, a brisket sample or a smoked wing. I was checking out his menu after I heard that, and I was actually in Asbury all weekend, but I was I was short on time on Sunday. I would have stopped by, but uh, you gotta get your picture on the wall. I know. Well, I can't eat. If I, if Fat Nick went in there, I'd fucking be like the guy who ate the most brisket. But now, if I like ate too much brisket, I'll just vomit on myself. But I'll give it that old college try.
1: I just want to say hello to our friends who listen. I, uh, I was down there in Asbury Park and, uh, did a show, did a stand up show called Power Bottom, hosted by, uh, Allie It who's really great. And, um, this guy, he came up to me, he said he's a big fan and he loves Bonaduce, so thank you so much, and <laughs> everybody go patronize Mutiny Barbecue in Asbury Park, New Jersey. Now, yeah. this episode, I realized, I looked at our schedule, I was breaking down the calendar, I said, oh, we're putting out an episode on Valentine's Day. Oh. I feel like we gotta mention that, because in my opinion, New Jersey's not just the greatest state, it's the most romantic state, and I think we need to talk
0: about that. Ugh. How's that striking, Mike D and Nikki Bonaduce? I hate Valentine's Day. I do too, and... I would say that Trenton was voted the least romantic city in the United States, so possibly... Is that true? While New Jersey might be the romantic state, I do think we have to make up some ground and prove that we're the most romantic state because Trenton is... Dragging us down? Not leading us into a good place here. Who voted? Who did this voting? The people of Trenton voted. <laughs> I believe it was done through the location-sharing app Squarespace. Oh,
3: so it's totally legit then. We're good.
1: Scientific. So there has been a study that says Trenton is the least romantic place... Um, but I think Jersey's got a lot to offer. So if you're listening to this the morning of the show and you're, you just heard me say it's Valentine's Day and you went, oh my God, and you're looking at the calendar going, it's February 14th, like this is day of, you're going to get a lot of ideas in this one. Places that we recommend uh. as great Valentine's Day hotspots, um, f- f- whether it's a cheap date, or, or hot, fine dining. We're, we got you covered, baby. You can. If there's one thing that happens, I'm sure, if you've been listening to this show for the past year and change, I'm sure you're going, these guys are just three Romeos, and I want their advice on how to woo my lover. We got you. We got you. Now, if you're in uh, West Orange, New Jersey, uh, one thing we thought about was maybe going over some lover's lanes. And I know for West Orange, my side of town there was the infamous Snake Road as part of the uh, Eagle Rock Reservation. And then, Mike, I saw on the uh, outline, you, of course, listed Mayapple Hill, which was more in the opposite corner of town, but that's part of the South Mountain Reservation. And uh, certainly those are two
0: lovers' lanes. We also had Cherry Rock, which I don't know if it qualifies as a lover's lane because you could not drive a car there because it's in the middle of the woods but it was a extremely large rock that was known for uh teen and preteen romantic encounters that was not
1: known on my side of town where exactly was cherry rock this is i think the first i'm hearing of it.
3: it was it was known as the weeping rock it had a strange white substance constantly always running down the one side of it jesus
1: Going hard out of the gate today, Bonaduce. That's why they love you at that. That's why they love you at Mutiny Barbecue. Though you're the one who doesn't pull any punches. Sorry. Um, Eagle Rock Reservation, Snake Road. When I was a kid, we used to take. If you lived on my side of town, we used to take our bikes up there and Snake Road. As you can you can imagine the shape of this road, it goes down the down the mountain. But when I was a teenager, I came to find, and I believe you guys and my brother learning this first we learned it was a popular makeout spot and you guys used to take flashlights in your cars and go terrorize people who were making out. And I know this cause there was an infamous story. My brother once came home white as a ghost looking like he had faced down death. And he said, you guys were like honking and flashing high beams or a flashlight at somebody who's making out in a car. I don't know if you two specifically were there, but it was guys from your gang and whoever was in that car did not like getting cock-blocked that night and spent – my brother. From what I remember, and it may be exaggerated because it was 20-plus 20 year, 20 years ago, my brother said a a solid half hour of being chased throughout West Orange and Montclair by this maniac who who you guys cock-blocked while he was at a lover's lane.
3: I can picture – I know I wasn't there because I wouldn't let that go on for half an hour. Uh, you would like have Stopped the car and fucking like, no way. like That's just it. Like,
0: I whatever. can picture the guy – who was chasing us and imagine he looked like the singer from my chemical romance, Ah. except if that man had been abusing steroids for many, many years actually. So he (laughs) kind of looked like Glenn Danzig, like a slightly more cherubic Glenn Danzig. And he was extremely angry and chasing us. And I think there was a whole system we had, which was we would go to Rickles and we would shoplift, flashlights but not just any flashlights they were like the 6d cell uh, mag lights which at the time i don't know anything about candle power if they were really really bright and we would drive to these places and shine them directly in people's car windows from a few feet away so it was almost Pre-LED. like the police were yeah pre-led and normally people would just like do nothing, and we would drive away. But this one time, the guy opened the door and came out and started cursing at us, and we got back with him. And then we jumped in the car to drive away. and he just started chasing us and was basically, like, tapping his bumper against us as we were driving down (laughs) Snake Hill, which you get too hard of a tap, and you would just go right off the cliff. And, you know, your car would plummet down into the ravine. (laughs) I think that's why your brother was understandably scared. I remember my
1: brother describing it as... Cause that snake road kind of bottoms out into our neighborhood and my old neighborhood, like it, it, those streets are pretty close together. I remember my brother kind of describing it as him being like, turn left here. Okay, quick, right here. There's going to be a left coming up here. And he was like, if I wasn't in that car and didn't know like every turn to take to get us out of there, I think he, that man would have killed one of us. (laughs) Um, And then, Nick, the other Lovers Lane in West Arms that was mentioned, the Mayapple Hill section of the South Mountain Reservation, I may have uh, mentioned it on the show. You always, I feel like you always have comments to make on how often I got caught making out with my high school girlfriend. I did get caught in Mayapple Hill, may have mentioned it on the show, by a- Fucking pimp daddy, man, I'm telling you. Well, it's, because I was really, really nerdy and really prepubescent and a late bloomer, but it has been pointed out to me, when I did finally get a girlfriend in high school, we she and I did make up for lost time. It turns out, and I have had many friends. I mean, you you chief among them, Nick. Say like, you did better in high school than a lot of people because you guys, you two little nerds, who looked up at.
3: Hey baby, let's go up to the woods. I'll drop my pants. See, hey. that's the gathered move, man.
1: <laughs> hills, a, it's a lovers' lane. I think it's also a cruising spot where guys will go and hang out and meet up. And I believe a guy was a. Uh, looking in our window to see if there was a show for him and then he quickly realized he was watching two teenagers and he skedaddled out of there but
3: I Yeah, right. He probably just went to the other side so he couldn't see him.
1: So we've heard about Mayapple Hill, we've heard about Snake Road. Are there any I don't know if there's any other notorious West Orange uh, lovers lanes or hookup hookup spots.
3: Any dark street in West Orange that doesn't have a street light? Mhm. <laughs> <laughs> Monk's Castle used to be a
0: notorious uh, lover's lane, really. I only went up there and got terrified. Yeah, I think, especially for I would say like slightly our generation, but the ones previous to us, more like you know, people probably like your sister's age, Nick. Yeah, they, because I don't think there was anything going on at Monk's Castle that was a big one.
3: Yeah, I think it was like there was a lot more like you could just drink wherever you want back then. I think
1: Monk's Castle, for anybody who doesn't know, is in actually over the border in Verona, kind of like if you come up Bloomfield Ave right where West Orange, Verona, and Bloomfield meet. Monk's Castle is buried right back there. And there were actual monks that lived back there. And that's where the uh, anybody who liked that docu-series on Netflix a few years back about the Bhagwan Sri Rajneesh and all the trouble he caused in the Pacific Northwest, they were in Montclair first. And it was like an actual cult that lived in the castle. So I think their participation made a lot of stories attached to that castle for our generation. And uh, I I once did severe damage to my mother's car up there. Driving around because a monk actually like stuck his face in the window, and we got out of there and drove over some giant boulder. Oh, and I do believe there was another story. Mike, didn't your brother once walk for like hours when he was a kid, right before he had a license from your side of town? And then they like opened the door, and a bunch of Dobermans ran out. I just remembered that.
0: That sounds correct to me because. My, the big threat from my mom when we were a kid was that she would drive us to Monk's Castle and leave us there. And she actually drove us there a few times when she was angry, but never left us <laughs> there. So it would be very on point for my brother to have walked there and been chased by dogs because that's just, you know, his thing. He's going to face any fear. He's going to face any fear dead on.
3: Aye, aye, aye.
1: I got to go ahead and text your brother and get some uh, verification on this. Hold on one second.
3: Oh, uh, The old Essex screen was a big makeout spot. That's right. Get your, get your chicken cordon bleu. Go to the movies, hang out with the bad kids on the stairs, smoke cigarettes. So
1: that's it. If you want to smoke cigarettes with the bad kids in West Orange, New Jersey tonight, and you're scrambling for a uh, Valentine's Day, we all just meet at Essex Green, I-, I want to put out another lover's lane, one of the most notorious. If you want to have your Valentine's evening involve a lover's lane, and you want to mix it with some chills and some thrills, if you're somebody who get you know, true crime has been all the rage the past few years, everybody. Everybody loves a good true crime pro- podcast, right? You want to get if you want to get uh freaky tonight but also scared, you go down near New Brunswick, just outside of New Brunswick, Franklin, um Somerset, they all meet there. You can go to the actual road where the Hall Mills murders took place. This was one of the most notorious lovers lanes incidents in all of New Jersey. If you're not familiar with this, uh, many, many years ago there was a murder in the early half of the 20th century and it was a local reverend. He had a, a a mistress. She, I believe, was married or had a boyfriend. They got killed while hooking up on this road in the woods and what was then like farmland and it was the trial of the century. It was, it was uh, huge national news, people following this trial about this reverend, this disgraced reverend and his lover and the only witness was a, a woman who the... Um, defense tried to disparage they, everybody in town kind of knew her as the pig woman because she lived in isolation <laughs> with with her pigs <laughs> she's a farmer and uh, they, it was an early case where they tried to like just publicly smear her character because she was kind of like a local weirdo and you can look it up but I, I looked it up And that road is now known as Franklin Boulevard. Uh, Nick and Mike, I feel like I've definitely driven. It's up behind, like, you know, uh, uh, when you get off the Rutgers campus and it crosses over into Somerset, it's right behind, like, up above Buclid Park there. Um, It's one of those roads right back there. You could take your lover tonight. You could say, do you want to make, you want, hey, you love true crime. Do you want to go make out on a road where one of the most famous true crime incidents in New Jersey history ever happened? And uh, I got the hookup, man. I got the hookup
3: for you there. Or you could you could stay in New Brunswick, and you could go to Remsen Ave, and you can pick up a date for a couple hours, maybe some party favors, and then you know have a nice romantic dinner of a five dollar combo menu at. Uh, Was there the Chinese food place that reps have? half? That's also very romantic. I think New Brunswick is a lot different than when we were there. Do you think there's
1: still... There were were definitely some areas where that would have been the case. I wonder if that's a foreign... I wonder if that's a shocking thought to people at Rutgers now. Because I go down there now and you can walk from one end of George Street to the other, which was
0: not the case 20 years ago. You could also go to Rutgers Douglas campus and walk around the Passion Puddle. Yes. You know, legend has it, if you walk around the passion puddle with your significant other three times, then you will get married. I do. That's a very wholesome one. You're smart. You'll just drown them in that puddle before you even get married. It's just a counterpoint (laughs) to the Remsen Avenue night. You could have that night or you could have a passion puddle night. I think they're both great ways to spend Valentine's Day.
1: I, I tell you what, I do remember the passion puddle. That's a very sweet one. And I'll, I'll tell you what my uh, girlfriend in college, she and I took a couple laps around the passion puddle.
3: Oh, no. a couple no, laps didn't. around
1: the passion. I'm not above that. I'm a romantic at heart, Nikki Bonaduce. I'm not...
3: Uh, I'm Did not, you uh, drop your pants before you made it around the third time? Is that the problem? Is that what happens?
1: No. No. I'm a gentleman. I'm a gentleman. We held hands. We went on a walk. Probably went to the dining hall because I had no money. No, okay, everybody. Breaking news. I, I texted Franny. I said... Uh, did you once walk all the way to Monk's Castle and get chased out by dogs? He said, "Yes. Monk's Castle was kind of my biggest boogeyman. <laughs> my mom had what? stories about that place, which lent it some real credibility.
3: I want to. I want to hear your mom's stories about Monk
0: Castle. The the big one is my my mom and two of the stories she would tell us. So my mom and two of her friends, they were you know late teenagers, early twenties, and." They used to drive up to Monks Castle and I guess, you know, get stoned, and that was like the big, you know, early seventies version of what we did driving around New Jersey. As you said, one time they went up there and, you know, they were they were hanging out and this weird and she described the man, her exact words were this guy came out of Monk's Castle and he looked exactly like Lurch <laughs> from the Adams family. He was seven feet tall, muscular Dead eyes, extremely scary... And he walked up to them, and they were trying to back the car out, and he grabbed the bumper of the car, and they were like, my mom was trying to back the car out, and the wheels were spinning, and Lurch would not let go. Oh and that God. is her story. And eventually, he did, and they got out of there. But she said that one of the monks came out and was holding the front bumper of her Mustang, Holy and shit. she could not leave Monk's Castle. She said it was the most terrifying experience of her life.
1: Now I feel like in very West Orange fashion, we're trying, guys, we're sitting here, we're trying to spread romance trying to give love advice and every story has turned into the stories of violence or mayhem or frankly us being dickheads i recommend snake road and then it turns into a story about you guys cock blocking a guy who tried to ram you off the road monk's castle we hear about lurch <laughs> I bring up New Brunswick and instantly Nick is talking about Rumpson Ave where you can go and purchase cheap thrills. I'm not talking about cheap thrills. I'm talking about romance, guys. Let's focus up. But not the Romance Emporium. Not the Romance Emporium of Clifton. I will say Fran just texted me again and said, I'd like to claim that a man in brown robes released hounds that chased us, but it's more likely that in reality we were snooping around and some dogs were barking. But that place was weird. When I was a kid, obviously, I mean, our whole sh- crew is known to bullshit and exaggerate. So I, <laughs> up until now, Fred has sworn that the br- the brown robe man released the hounds on him. But anyway, uh, anyway, let's focus up, guys. I know this is woe town. I know we all had childhoods in a fucked up town. We got to resist the urge to just turn everything into violence and mayhem. This is about spreading love to New Jersey.
3: You know what? Take your loved one to a nice Valentine's Day priced fixed fucking menu somewhere uh, get completely fucking ripped off and, you know, spend fucking $150 on long stem roses. Nick. Sorry. I'm having a lot of, like, listen, man. We got to melt this cynical heart of yours. I had like 14 terrible Valentine's days behind me. So uh, I'm just coming out of fucking gates here, man. I know. I'm not, I'm, I'm still a passionate, romantic man. I'm just extremely thoughtless when it comes to Valentine's Day. I
1: hear you. <laughs> now I'm going to tell you about it, guys. I, I spent the day, uh, big portion of the day googling different valentine's day activities around new jersey and there's one that is canceled because of covid they last did it in uh 2019 i think and i'm so mad you guys know lambert castle up in patterson yeah sure they're on the mountain anybody who's ever driven down route 80 you might notice when you go through patterson you'll see on the mountain on one side there's a big castle on a hill and uh you can go up there i remember going there on school trips and it's really lovely it's in the middle of this park overlooks the entire city of patterson it's a really good example i believe if i remember right of how some of these sort of like rich robber barons used to live just above the city of industry where they were kind of squeezing their money out of it apparently every valentine's day outside of covid they've been sponsoring a valentine's masquerade ball where you get you dress up real fancy and put on a mask and that to me sounds like some eyes wide shut shit. And I
0: like that. I'm definitely into that. Yeah. Cloaks, masks, and... That ends in a creepy orgy every time, right? Absolutely. You think so? Yeah, that'd be the proper New Jersey ending. You can wear a mask, but nothing else. It's 40 bucks. If you if it's 40 bucks and you wear a mask, it
1: better get freaky by the It's a bargain. For, maybe some people just want to go and have like a nice night out. But if you stay past like 11 and you paid 40 bucks, it better turn into an orgy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> At 11 o'clock, a horse walks up and down the the Lambert Castle ballroom, and that's the signal that the party is about to change.
3: Yeah. And if you get handed a special card and you get asked to come to the other room. Oh, that's what it's got to be, right?
1: All the, and then there's all these people who like act like billionaire industrialists.
3: And never just whips their cocks out and gets naked. And-
1: Nick, zero to 100 again,
3: man. Sorry. That's what everybody wants, right? That's what everybody wants.
1: Every, you know, there's now been two of these where you've just jumped right to take your dick out.
3: I know it's all going to be cut. It's okay, I understand. It's it's not. That's the thing.
1: But that's why you're the people's champ. Oh lord, that's why you're the people's champ. But I think Lambert Castle. It's up there. It's Garrett Mountain, right? Is it part of Garrett Mountain? Mm. I think it's it's right up there by that part. And that is also, if you're ever in that area, that is a great. Park that is just a super great park, and it used to be where uh, Singing Elvis hung out. You guys remember Singing Elvis from Weird New Jersey Magazine? Guy used to dress up as Elvis and set up a little amp and just sing next to his car. He sang Elvis tunes. There was
3: a guy like that in Bayonne who used to drive around with like an Elvis like Astro van. He probably still does. I wonder if it was the same guy.
1: Yeah, Singing Elvis was over by uh, Two Bridges Road up in Lincoln Park for a long time, and then after he was there, I used to see him up at Garrett Mountain. So you could also go for a nice picnic in the spring if you if you if you botch your Valentine's Day this year, Garrett Mountain, lovely place for a, a picnic. That Elvis guy has got to be dead though; he's got to be dead by now.
3: There's somebody that's taking his place, I'm sure.
1: Uh, I do want to just let everybody know. I checked if you are reading, if you are listening to this on Valentine's Day itself, and you're going shit. I need to scramble. I need a perfect romantic date full of chivalry. I checked everybody and Medieval Times is open on Valentine's Day.
3: That would be a great- If you're sitting home listening to us on Valentine's Day, I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) I'm just saying, no, if you woke up, like if, listen, if you're on your morning commute (laughs) and you turn this thing on and you just went, oh my God, I forgot a Valentine's Day thing. I got to keep a straight face and plan something right now. And you wind up in some like 80s movie scenario trying to scramble last minute and pretend that you didn't fuck it up. Chivalry, baby medieval times one of my favorite places it's open
3: when you find yourself at five o'clock at the flower department in shop and you realize that they have no red roses left and you're like oh shit what do i do now all i had to do is go on the internet and order them four hours ago and i could add them just drive around
1: you drive around somebody somebody in new jersey is selling roses on the side of the road there's
3: a gas station somewhere there
1: is a hustle happening you drive until you find the hustle in Jersey, man,
3: you drive, you drive right on the way into the Holland Tunnel. I guarantee. you. <laughs> right by where the colonel lives, I guarantee
0: you. Right there on Route 21, there is someone selling high-quality flowers at low cost. I do also love. There has become a running theme of all of us vaguely
1: indicating where <laughs> Carson
3: lives now on the show. Somewhere in Newark, <laughs> <And> we're just <laughs> allowing
1: people to triangulate his uh, his location. But yeah, I mean, drive up and down Route 21, any gas station, there is some industrious hustling motherfucker right now selling roses, little white teddy bears. Got your back.
3: You get Portuguese barbecue and a dozen roses, man. You're golden. Don't
1: you guys think that uh, medieval times could be romantic if
0: you frame it correctly? It's extremely romantic. I mean, our whole modern idea of romance, at least in the Western world, comes from medieval times. Like literally all the things that we think of as romantic, right? Like chivalry and you know flowers and you're not talking about medieval times the era in history you are talking about the castle
1: in Lyndhurst.
0: <laughs> yeah i'm talking about Lyndhurst. that's exactly yeah. that's exactly what i mean is everything modern <laughs> romance was born in Lyndhurst. hawks flying around indoors <sighs> people swinging maces at each other at full top speed eating without utensils there's
1: no greater signal everybody listening would never know this if you hear a strange clinking sound it's because nick as we talk about medieval times has somehow un- no joke produced a car antenna and is pretending it's a sword and is swinging it You though we're all in our 40s
3: that's cuz I was reenacting medieval times actually you don't have a car antenna handy chris come on you got it. I keep it on me all the time my keychain now it's in the it's actually because it's in the <laughs>
1: pocket of my jacket cuz I bring it with me everywhere I go that's not a joke
3: and so you go through that metal detector like what is it oh the uh, antenna fell off my little shortwave so good thing i have if you're looking
1: for a real cheap date and just some striking beautiful scenery maybe you want something outdoors because we are still in COVID times i have long said boulevard east which runs you know from weehawken guttenberg go up there on those cliffs you'll never see a better view of the hudson river well, highland
3: pavilion's nice
1: too highland yeah i mean we, told, we yeah. talked
3: about the eagle rock reservation already
1: but uh you get up there up on those cliffs up on boulevard east that You want to just hold somebody's hand and have a nice free date. You can walk up there. And there's a lot of great restaurants up there, too. Maybe you take zip over to Union City right up there. Some of the great Cuban food in this state. And uh, that's a really beautiful view. Really beautiful view. Caveat, you do have to just reconcile the fact that it's where Alexander Hamilton was killed. (laughs) And if you liked my HBO special, you will have it in the back of your mind that I did once (laughs) spend an awful night there having a complete mental breakdown thinking about killing myself by jumping off the cliffs. Outside of that,
0: very romantic. Playing on that theme, if you'd like to have the Town" version of the New York View date, you drive up Mount Pleasant Avenue in West Orange, you find the turnoff for Mafia Road, and you go to the lookout there, which we've discussed many times on here. But that's a great view of New York if you can avoid the gangster patrols who might see you, you can have a wonderful Valentine's Day, bring a little picnic, look at New York City, and just enjoy yourself.
1: And again, you just have to understand that when we grew up, local rumor had it that this was a place where the mafia had a compound and they would kill you if you can. For some reason, we just cannot bring up romance without it turning into violence, murder, suicide. That's our bed, but that's how we were raised. I think there's people from other towns who can just lock into love, baby. So, yeah, Boulevard is strikingly beautiful, worth the walk. You find a, you find a night that's temperate, I mean, mid February, maybe not. It's worth it. And just don't think about how I once tried, I once stood on that cliff wanting it all to end. You just don't think about that that night. You, your date doesn't need to know. You can know. Your date doesn't need to know. Should there be a
3: plaque there? We could just make a plaque and put it there.
1: Oh, someday. Someday. Oh, that's such a funny idea! I still want to make a full-size bronze statue of myself, full height, and put it on the front lawn of Western High. Oh my god! I
0: absolutely, do I would support you in any way to make that effort happen.
1: It would be such a fucking pain in the ass for them to move it. Do you think they could move it in one day? Like, would it be gone in one day?
3: Definitely. Like, first of all, how heavy? It's not. It's going to be like a cat like a bronze casting. You'd have to make the base like ridiculously heavy. It's just something that you have to do, like i don't know on the fly kind
0: of or we'd have to do something to it that almost gave it an air of sacredness that would make them want to move it in a proper way like if we put like the ashes of someone in it yeah i like that like then they would have to treat it like a um more like a relic
1: we absolutely should be placing historical plaques house cabin uh this is where the Wotown podcast went to high school.
3: They'd probably immediately remove it as soon as they heard that.
1: We should be placing fake historical plaques all over West Orange, New Jersey. Until we get a cease and desist. Some other, uh, some other places I've looked up that are doing stuff. Every year in Manisquan, they do a Valentine's Day plunge into the sea. They do kind of like a polar bears thing. So if you're down in the Manisquan area, you can go uh, jump in the ocean for Valentine's Day. And in Absecon, which is right near Atlantic City down there, right? They got the lighthouse, which is one of the tallest lighthouses in the country. And they do a thing every year where you can go climb that tower. And if you are married, you can renew your vows. You can go to the Absecon lighthouse, renew your vows on Valentine's Day. I think that's a real cool thing they're doing down there.
0: That might be the most romantic thing that we've brought up tonight. In New Jersey? Yeah, in New Jersey, because
1: it's you can walk all the way to the top of the tower, and they have someone there to do the ceremony. You pay them, and uh, it's a nice metaphor: you renew your vows.
3: Or on the way up, you can reconsider your. Don't do it, Nick. Don't do it, Nick. <laughs> okay, so say, Mike say. just said it's the
1: most romantic. But don't do it. We're all thinking it. it. I'm sorry.
3: <laughs> Finish it. No. <laughs> we all know what you're thinking. You can you can push you can push your Current spouse down the stairs and maybe look like an accident that you were going to renew your vows. And... There you go. There you go. <laughs> he did it. <laughs> I can't help it. This
1: way, this place, the way we were raised, our dark hearts and our awful brains can't just let love, it just can't let love exist on its own.
3: Love, can't do true it. love. And even
1: Mike goes, that's the most romantic one yet, and Nick immediately brings up, you can also... You are looking to get out of a marriage. Great murder spot. But to walk all the way to the top of the Obsidian Lighthouse, I might do that one.
3: When was the last time, seriously, when was the last time you walked to the top of a lighthouse? Because like, I go up Barnegat Light like every summer, probably at least twice. And the second time, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing this for? And you might really start thinking about things when you're going up the tallest fucking lighthouse on the East Coast. So
1: I uh, will say so we were just on our uh, vacation, and we went to one on uh, Tybee Island in Georgia And I had fucked up my knee, so I didn't go to the top. But I did look up. Hallie brought Cal all the way to the top. And this kid is fearless, man. To see my two-year-old child, he was just not scared. He was loving it, but I was just so scared seeing him up that high. I was like, he can never know how full of fear I am that he's up there like running around in a circle at the top of this giant lighthouse. But I don't know. Sounds romantic. Valentine's Day? Go all the way to the top? Who knows? I've also looked it up. There's a uh, balloonnj.com. Hundred and County, right? That's where they have the uh, Quick Check. Does the balloon festival every year out there? And there's a company where you can rent a hot air balloon, and they're open in fucking February. Oh my God! You can do a couple's hot air balloon. I looked it up. I think it's seven hundred bucks, which is not cheap. But you get a two-person hot air balloon ride. And then they used to sell packages, where. They, uh, but now they'll just help you. They, they say they have they don't sell packages anymore, but if you need a re- reservation at a local romantic restaurant or you need a reservation at a local hotel that's like very romantic, they'll help you out with the romance package. So Balloon NJ, everybody, they got your back. So you might be able to go to their site, give them a, a, a panicky call of, like, I fucked up, I forgot. Fire that motherfucker
3: up. Like the middle of February, you're going to go up in a fucking hot air balloon? Take me up, man. I bet you it's like weather permitting, you know, like weather permitting. Like pretty romantic, though. They're probably like, okay. We'll let you go up, but if the wind's too bad, we're gonna pull you back down. Isn't
1: that the thing with hot air ballooning in general?
3: I know, like, don't you know, people get killed doing that every year? Of, of, they wind up always going into like Nick, power lines. That's Nick. like usually the tragedy.
1: We cannot bring every single romantic sorry, idea I'm back sorry. around to death and I'm mayhem. I'm like not even
3: trying to tragedy. do it. I'm not even trying to do it. I swear to God.
0: I'm trying to put it out here. These people have a romantic night. You're saying they're going to blow into the power lines and die. <laughs> the ultimate New Jersey romantic thing, if anyone needs a really great idea, is you hire one of those planes that pulls the sign behind it on the beach and you take your <laughs> special friend to the beach with a picnic on Valentine's Day. And at a certain point, the plane will fly by with a loving message from you to that other person. Flying across the Jersey Shore. Mm-hmm. To me, that is the ultimate New Jersey Valentine's Day. And that sign says... Go inside, it's cold. <laughs> Blow me. <laughs> I, lo- I love you. Let- a happy hour at Nardi's.
1: <laughs> I think the only way to make it more romantic, Mike D, the beach you go to is Gunnison. You go down to Gunnison, you and your lover take off all your clothes and then the plane rolls by and says, You two look great. Happy Valentine's Day.
3: You go down to Gunnison and you just take off your, your pants and you leave your shirt on and you run around the beach and then you just cry. And you go shirt cock and Winnie the Pooh style. <laughs> you go Winnie the Pooh style. Run around
1: Gunnison. The plane comes by. He says, don't do anything I wouldn't do, kids.
0: Hey, guys, it's me, Bruce. It looks like you're both missing some pants. I've got a couple extra pairs in my truck if you need them.
1: Here, put these socks on. And then as Bruce pulls away on his motorcycle, he's uh, pulled over and beaten by <laughs> State Park Police who can't figure out that this man's allowed to do whatever he wants on Sandy Hook. My neighbors just went to a place called Crystal Springs Resort in Hamburg. And Hamburg's way out there in Sussex County. Yeah, Hamburg's pretty. Dude, the Crystal Springs they got a biodome. They got a biosphere. So they have like a tropical. They said there's pineapples growing inside the fucking thing. They were just there this past weekend. They they say there's hot tubs where you're in an area that's like a private extension of it. And then if you want to like open up this flap, you could swim out into this heated pool. Fuck
3: yeah, let's go. It's like
1: And they were out there in the middle of the blizzard and snow was falling on them. Oh my God, that's awesome. My neighbor was putting pictures on Instagram. I'm like, this looks like the m- most amazing place on earth. And, um... He said it's expensive. Now, my neighbor is uh, an Instagram influencer, so she got a deal. Wow. Which is good for her. But they brought their whole family out there. I said, this looks like the best place ever, man. But it made me, it made me think, what a bummer that the, Playboy, the old Playboy resort up in Vernon is shut down. That would have been a good. That would have been great. Chris,
3: you're not an influencer, man.
1: Can't you like swing some of those deals for yourself or what? But she keeps telling me. My neighbor tells me. She's great. Um, I don't want to blow up her spot two are because it's a very different fan base but she's like you got enough followers man if you want my people to talk to you get the free but i'm then i'm like what am i i'm gonna put up all these advertising like i just feel like as a comedian come on
3: sell out i got
1: there's a part of me that wants to but there's also a part of me that's like i gotta go just get booked that's what she said she said if you don't want to like plug them she's like you gotta have your agents call them up go do a weekend at the resort they had comedians up there and then you can hallie go stay stay in the hot tub Hang out in the biodome like Pauly fucking Shore. Move,
3: uh, move up from free sides at the barbecue joint. the
1: wheeze. <laughs> I, for someone of my stature, I don't get nearly enough free stuff. I used to get, I, that's how I knew. I got big enough that I was getting a lot of free stuff. And now my career has shrunk. shrunk. I'm not getting the free stuff anymore. That's one
3: of the first things to go. The free stuff. You should do some bit with like Swedish fish so you can get like Swedish fish for life or something.
1: I one once got a free fucking Casper mattress.
3: Oh, that's man. fucking awesome! You still have it? Yeah, fucking mean, a. Yeah, it's behind me, man.
1: <laughs> I, I slept on it for years. <laughs> good plug. Good plug. <laughs> but that's how I knew I wasn't as big as I used to be, man. I don't get the free fucking uh, blue aprons anymore.
0: I once bought an umbrella with a coupon code from something you were advertising. Really? Yeah, it's a, I still have it. It's a great umbrella. Let's <laughs> bring it everywhere. It makes me look good. <laughs>
1: Vernon Valley Great Gorge Man, if the Playboy Club was still open. Although, I don't want to glorify the Hugh Hefner days too much because it's very, very clear by modern standards. Now, there's all these articles that people are like, what would have happened if Hugh Hefner was alive today? And it's pretty clear. I mean, like, the, a lot of the playmates who were like, like married to him on that reality show, one of them has come out and said, like, I basically had Stockholm Syndrome and felt like I was like. Held prisoner on a reality show, married to this psychopath. So I don't want to glorify him too much, but man, is it weird that there used to be a Playboy Club in fucking Vernon Valley, Great Gorge.
3: Yeah, but I think going to the Playboy Club was also quite an experience for like just a, a great night out and like not just the womanizing end of it. Because I would hear stories about yeah, my dad would book like you know when he was you know working in the city and stuff and taking clients. He went? Oh yeah, they like my my uncle was sort of like hooked up like. They would all they would all go out to dinner, and it was like a real night, great night out. I mean, you know, besides the the girl factor, which is you know just was the times. I think you know, but besides that, it was like a great meal, dinner, drinks, dancing, and that kind of thing.
1: It also, you know, it's that tough thing too, where there was that progressive side to the Playboy in general and the Playboy clubs of my understanding is like a lot of times they were booking comedians and it was some of the first places where black comics were performing for white audiences. And, you know, even writers like Shel Silverstein, the children's author got, you know, supported himself writing for playboy for years. And all these, all these stories of that side of things where you go, man, what a weird
0: aspect of the 20th century. I'd give a different perspective on that, which is, something that I bring up often to people, which is all that stuff is completely true, but you can't really throw shade uh, uh, on that because the world we live in now, depending on who you ask, the internet by gross visits and also like bandwidth space is approximately like 70 to 80% pornography. So like, I'm just saying like, that's, that is the reality of the world we live in. So it's kind of like, yeah, that's true too. You know, like we can throw shade on like other people who are doing stuff like this. But the fact is what we, if, if that's the, like, you know, the stand you want to take, we're living in something that is, by multiple hundreds of thousands more oh my God. impactful. That's all. I mean, oh, just-
1: we're raising, dude. I mean, I, I feel like I was the exact age of the first a- access to internet pornography. Like, my parents, I had a computer in my room and they didn't even understand that that was a thing that was out there. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> just the shit I saw when I was. 14 years old that I shouldn't have seen, let alone what kids can find now. It's just a different, we're no longer finding, you're no longer finding an old playboy in the
3: woods. Like that's
1: no longer. Oh,
3: no, like our first discovery thing. of pornography, was like VHS tap tapes in like our friend's father's like closets, you know, like in like sixth grade yeah. watching like hardcore porn with like bad eighties, like crack whores, crazy hairdos and stuff. You're like, Oh my, you're like, what the fuck?
1: Yeah, man, different times. Anyway, now we've even, okay, I know Hey, listen sorry real I should have <laughs> I keep I keep trying to rally again guys romance love no murder no mayhem no talking about hardcore pornographies dismal effects on on children um, we gotta find something that's just romantic for the sake of being romantic and Mike D, you put something in in our organizing document that I really love which is uh what if New Jersey had a love boat can we just sit here and brainstorm how that would
3: break down? The love, the boat. love boat sailing out of Secaucus each day. So Mike D.,
1: you have a What If New, Le- New Jersey Love Boat edition. Now, the, you say the name of the ship. You've you've listed a bunch of prompts of things we should all fill in. <laughs> yes. But you do th- you do suggest in the document that the... That the boat be named the Hackensack Princess.
0: The Hackensack Princess. That's the perfect name for the New Jersey. The Hackensack Spitter. The Hackensack Princess. Nick,
1: stop <laughs> making everything dirty. Sorry. You're gonna get in trouble for this one. Can I suggest right away that as far as the vessel itself, we repurpose the USS Ling. Perfect. It's a <laughs> the USS Ling be renamed. The Hackensack Princess.
0: A, a barely seaworthy submarine pulls up in Hackensack and welcomes guests onto it. And that refresh me, because I was... The, the Love Boat was in syndication
1: for much of my childhood, but I was a little young for it. This is effectively... It's a show about a ship, a, a cruise ship, where you go to hook up, right?
0: Yes, but, I, but basically, someone who is usually a very 70s guest star... Would come on the ship lovelorn, broken-hearted, so Halston, the designer, for example, was a guest star, and he would they would come on and their heart would be broken, and they were there to find love, but it was the crew's job to help them find find a meaningful relationship. They always got over involved in their yes yeah. <laughs> way over, way
1: over Mikey, I love that you've done this uh, so we can all collaborate on it so the Hackensack princess, formerly known as the u s s Ling.
3: Where does it sail from? First question. Nick, you had said... Uh, caucus, because it sounds funny, but more than likely, if it was the love boat version, it would probably go out of Bayonne now, because they had those nice uh, nice uh, cruise ship uh, terminals there. True. And
1: a lot of the cruise ships do go out of Bayonne, right?
3: Yeah, it's a big spot. I
1: wonder what that's like for people who book cruises and think they're traveling, right? Because they're like, oh, we're...
3: F- it's like you're probably going to the Bahamas or something like that.
1: Well, they're saying, like, we're sailing
3: out of New York And then there's people who probably travel here and go, okay, we'll spend the night in Bayonne before we leave. You know what the truth of the matter is? If you're going to sail, you don't like. You can sail out of New York and like that's like a thing, but it's way easier to sail out of like Bayonne. But I'm saying the people who
1: don't know Bayonne who come there like, oh, we'll we'll get a hotel the night before in Bayonne, and then they're just in Bayonne for night. So sailing out of Bayonne, the Hackensack Princess who should be the captain of this love boat? And I'm going to go ahead and say no Springsteen because it's the obvious answer. The obvious answer is Springsteen. Mm. So if we can't have Bruce Springsteen, who would be the captain of the New Jersey love
3: boat? It had to be, uh, I'm not sure if he, I guess he's New York. I was going to say, it had to be Greek because it had to be like a Greek sailor, but like Ernie Anastas, but I don't think he's... I don't think he's from New Jersey. <laughs> I don't know if he'd be a great choice, though. His picture, if you... It's like if you have Ernie Nassis or Telly Savalas's picture in your diner, you're like fucking... A, a really good diner. I, and I'm not saying this because you're my
0: friend or to kiss your ass, Chris, but I did, my first thought was that you would probably be a great
3: captain of a love boat. You think so? Yeah, I legitimately... I would want to see Chris in like a, a really high-pressure situation where it's like, oh my God, here comes the Statue of Liberty, what do I do? You'd probably run a fun <laughs> boat. I'd be a great captain until the iceberg's on the radar. That's true. There's
1: never icebergs in the Hudson Bay. I could, I could see myself, I don't know if captain, I don't know if I want the responsibility captain but that means a lot Mike Um, who else would be I think we can go with Ernie Anastas. I mean, even if uh, we have unverified, I don't know if he's ever lived in Jersey, but I mean, he was a New York area newscaster who means a lot to Jersey people. I, I, let's say Captain Ernie Anastas.
0: Or I have a second choice, Captain Joe Piscopo. Joe Joe Piscopo, I was going to say Big Joe Henry. Oh. New Jersey radio personality, oh. Big Joe Henry would be a great captain. He could make the morning announcements in his great radio voice.
1: Wait, I just want to look up Ernie Anastas. He was, yeah, he was at WNYW. That was Channel 5, right? Yeah. Fox five local guy. He's also the keep fucking that chicken guy, right? Oh yeah. (laughs) It's one of the great clips in the history of, (laughs) of news, (laughs) of news. He just inexplicably says, keep fucking that chicken, keep fucking that chicken. And he denied that. That's what he said. But when you watch it a hundred times out of a hundred, I have watched it. I think it was a different
3: time in local broadcasting, you know? And
1: it sounds to me like he says, uh, I think, I mean, Joe Piscopo, great call big Jim Henry, Ernie and Nass, great options for captains here. Okay. Um, Now the ship's doctor. Uh. I mean, if Dr. Leon Small was still alive, just... Oh, my gosh. That'd be the best. The only pediatrician for generations of West Orange youth. Dr. Leon Small as the honorary ship physician, I think, would be great. If you played
3: sports in West Orange in high school from, like, 1970 to, like, 1999, you probably probably touched touched your balls. Your
0: testicles. When you board the Hackensack Princess, that's... One
3: of the... You were immediately checked for a hernia when you he get on the cruise ship.
1: Has to <laughs> check, yeah.
0: As you board, Dr. Leon
1: Small does a hernia check. Chop your pants, turn your head, cough. Remember he always used to give you a tennis ball on the way
3: out, Nick? Yeah, he was like, he was like a really good tennis player.
1: Yeah, but he always he had a big thing. He always got a yeah. lollipop and a tennis ball on your way out yeah. to Dr.
3: Smalls. All right, so we got the doctor.
1: Captain Ernie Anastas, maybe? Dr. Leon Small? Um, yeoman purser. Now, I'm not familiar with what a
0: yeoman purser's job is. They handle like the like money and like um, customs and stuff. So they're kind of like the almost like the accountant of the ship.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. Mm. So we need somebody responsible.
3: Joe DiVincenzo. <laughs> Joe D
1: could be. A, I mean, if you want responsibility, ship no, like, you you might want to go in the other direction.
0: I was going to pick someone irresponsible. I was going to say maybe Sharp James would be a great yeoman purser. Oh. Former Nork Mayor Sharp James. Disgraced Nork Mayor uh, Sharp James, who serves in prison
1: time. <laughs>
0: great options
1: there. Great options there.
0: I don't care if the ship keeps running after I get off it, as long as my trip on the love boat is great, and I feel like that is a very <laughs> Sharp James way to, to run a ship. Now, you're
1: bartender... Who's the bar? This is a key role. This was pay- Ted Lang. Was that the actor who played the bartender? Ted
0: Lange, Isaac the bartender.
1: Isaac the bar- That That is the character I remember most. An about.
0: angry
3: Joe Pesci. Angry Joe Pesci as you. I love that. You want a what? Vodka ton- a vodka tonic? I amuse you. I amuse you how? He's from New Jersey. Just that
1: guy as your bartender. I love that. Okay, that is that is the Hackensack <laughs> Princess bartender. Joe Pesci at his angriest. <laughs> at his
3: angriest. The complete opposite of the real bartender.
1: <laughs> well, you do also have Who's Our Vicky listed. So Vicky was a child on the boat, so we have to have a child?
0: Yes, we need like a cute 80s, 70s, 80s okay. actor child.
1: Who would be on the Jersey one? Oh, uh, maybe Karate Kid era Ralph Macchio? Daniel LaRusso? He's from He's from, he's from Newark. Maybe you can, Chris, you can play. I'll be Vicky. And I, I think a good cruise director, I think Southside Johnny could be a great cruise director.
0: Uh, that's a good choice.
1: Probably got to do a lot of logistics himself with the Asbury Jukes. I don't think they're big enough to have like a, somebody taking care of everything for them. So he's probably used to a lot of logistics. Southside Johnny as the cruise director. You think me as the Vicky? Me as the adorable 80s child? I
0: think you could do a good job of that. I'll try it. Only if you wear a wig. And
1: then notable guest stars. People who pass through... The New Jersey love boat. Who should be amongst them?
3: Disgraced Governor McGreevy. Love that. Coming to find love again. Jim McGreevy
1: getting back on the horse looking for love. Um, a pre-death Drazen Petrovic could be great.
3: <laughs>
1: could be great. He's traveled here from Croatia. He doesn't know anybody. So he's come on the love boat to try to try to spark a connection with somebody.
3: I come on cruise for love. Um, well, who else would be good?
1: I feel so bad that there's been so many references to death in our
0: Valentine's Day episode.
3: Nobody's died on the boat yet, so you're good. Yeah, that's true. That's true. The White Lady
0: would be a great guest oh, star. Oh, yeah. She comes on call. the boat looking for the
1: White Lady, of course. Well, and then she ends the, up. Yeah, uh, who was killed in Branchbrook Park on her wedding day, leading to the White Lady tree legend, which stood for many years.
0: And she ends up meeting and falling in love with the ghost. That haunts the Hackensack princess.
3: Uh-huh. That's a beautiful right. story, right? That we finally have one that didn't end. But they can they can never, like, he can never leave the boat. She has to make a decision. That's a great episode. Yes. Doomed
1: to
0: sail the seven seas forever. Whether to stay on the boat or not.
1: Oh, you know who would be great as a guest? Oogie, the puppet that hung out with Uncle Floyd.
0: Maybe the cruise director should be Uncle Floyd. Yeah.
1: Maybe Oogie comes on as a guest star and... Looking for puppet love, like gets to have some spotlight and not just be Uncle Floyd's sidekick for once. You know, it's his time to
0: shine. Yeah, it's Oogie's
1: time. To- it's Oogie's time to shine. Yeah, Love Boat esque guest stars for our Hackensack Princess Love Boat. Oh, Tom Kane, In New Jersey, former New Jersey Governor Tom Kane. Oh, Tom Kane would be great because right, the man who's behind the phrase New Jersey and you perfect together says, but who is? My perfect together. Maybe he's the guy who came up with that slogan. He's going, but it's just, I've given myself to this state. But who is it you and me perfect together? I'm just looking for my individual. I love this. I
0: love this. All right. All right. I think we're in good shape. Are there any New Jersey bands that should be playing on the Hackensack Princess? Ooh, who would be great for the musical finale? I I would suggest World Inferno Friendship Society. Ah, that's a beautiful call. Being like a perfect band to play on there. There's a uh, tribute album
1: coming out to them since uh, Jack, the lead singer, passed away. Heartbreaking. And my wife's band, The Unlovables, was asked to reunite and cover a song, and I uh, I just heard it. Awesome. And it made me...
0: Choke up a little bit. Huh. It's really good. I can't think of a better reason for them to reunite Dude, than to honor that band. You
1: get to hang out with Oogie and Joe Pesci on a boat while the World Inferno Friendship Society plays? That
0: is a romantic Valentine's Day. And the boat sails from Bayonne to Hackensack down to Atlantic City. And back. <laughs> and back. And that's it. Again and again.
1: <laughs> it's like four hours total. It's like four hours. A lot of turnover. A lot of turnover. Okay. I sincerely hope we have helped. In all reality, if you found this on Valentine's Day and you're in New Jersey and you're going, shit, I forgot Valentine's Day was coming up, I hope we've given you some ideas, maybe medieval times, but I think some of the best advice to come out with this one in many gas station parking lots all over the state right now are some true blue grit and grind hustlers who got roses, chocolates, teddy bears for you. They got your back. You stop on the way home. It will look like you didn't forget and then you go take a walk on Boulevard East, or you go watch the you go watch the knights fight at Medieval Times. There's a lot of things out there for you. And um, I'm so so sorry that we managed to lace this romance-driven episode with mayhem, uh, tragedy, scandal, and death. That's our bad. It's just kind of who we are in our core. <laughs> but for the true romantics out there, I hope you find love. Both of my co-hosts right now are literally brandishing. Car antennas and waving them around in the zoom.
0: I'd also like to thank this episode for me having a story that is so perfect with this ep- for this episode, but so insane that it will be the one story that I will not tell on this podcast. Well, now that, you like that's wow can't As yeah, soon that's as we stop no, recording, I
1: stuff. need to know which one you're referring to. It's <laughs> messed up, actually. and Nick, for all the hard edge, and for all you talking about pushing people down the steps of the Obsidian Lighthouse. Mm-hmm everybody who listens knows deep in there you're a teddy bear my friend i am
3: i totally am i don't deny that i know what love is chris we should probably let everyone know
0: now that this entire episode was actually a branded (laughs) content pitch for our new cruise line the hackensack princess which we'll all be asking you to join us on several weeks from now
1: we gotta rent a fucking party boat and call it the hackensack princess
3: the hack and sack Spitter. I stand by it. For patrons,
1: patreon.com slash New Jersey is the world. All patrons will get a free pass. No, <laughs> can't afford to just rent a party bar for everybody. You'll get ticket
0: access.
3: Everybody pays for gas. We're going to split it, okay? Oh, my goodness.
1: I would love it so much. All right. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. If you are a uh, lonely heart, please listen to some fine New Jersey music out there to uh to calm your woes. If you're out there looking for love, I hope we ha- you have the New Jersey Day to your dreams. Let us know what you did for Valentine's Day at 973-780-4660. Join the Patreon, buy a t-shirt. We'll see you soon. Thanks for listening.
0: Welcome
2: aboard, I would say. Thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the World is Chris Gethard, Nikki Bonaduce, Don Finelli, Andrea Quinn, Carson Kopp and Mike D. New Jersey is the World is produced and edited by Carson Cop, Mike D, and Andrea Quinn. You can find us online at New Jersey is the World and on Instagram at New Jersey is the World. Also, please feel free to reach out and leave us a voicemail by contacting the Home Office of New Jersey is the World at 973 780 Four six six zero. in regards to anything show or New Jersey related. Please subscribe and listen to more episodes of New Jersey is the World on your favorite podcast service. If you're looking to join our extremely opinionated and Jersey-ish community, head on over to Patreon.com and search for New Jersey is the World. We have merch, which you can find at BelowTheCollar.com after searching for Chris Gethard. Once again, thank you for listening to this presentation of New Jersey is the World. New Jersey is the world. Where New Jersey is the world.